0: Good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. Time for the uh, morning panel, joined uh, today by former London Mayor Matt Brown and former City Councillor John Fife Miller. Thanks to you both for coming in today. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Thanks for the offer.
0: I wanted to uh, start by talking about this poll that came out uh, yesterday from uh, Leger and the Association of Canadian Studies asked people if the level of crime and violence in their communities has changed over the years. Not surprisingly, people are feeling uh, less safe. We were talking to uh, Trish McIntyre on the program, in fact, on uh, Tuesday, and uh, she had said they had done a bit of a review and Londoners feeling a little bit less safe. So it all kind of uh, jives. But are we uh, less safe? Are we feeling less safe in the city?
2: Uh, Matt, we'll start well, with you. You know, I, I think if you if you look at the report, you see that there are a couple of things happening. Uh, non Nonviolent crime, it's way down. Uh, but there is uh, a rise of violent crime. And uh, that's things like uh, harassment uh, and threatening behavior as well. And I think people are seeing it uh, on the streets where you're walking uh, down a Dundas street and uh, somebody might say some things that are pretty colorful and uh, pretty upsetting, even if nothing more than hap- – uh, nothing more happens than that. John? Yeah.
1: yeah, I would I would agree with Matt there. The the one thing that I would echo on that is I think that nonviolent crimes, though they say they're down, I think there's a lot of nonviolent crimes now that aren't being reported because of the amount of time that the response is taking yeah. to get to them. I think that's a challenge. I I think one of the other things that you see it too is people working from home now, we've got a lot of people who weren't introverts before who are introverts now. And I think being an introvert breeds some of that fear. I think that's really hard when people rarely are getting out of their house. But when they do, they're coming back, for instance, into the downtown and they're seeing things and they're surprised. They're shocked by them at the end of the day. Um, So I think that's part, I think that's one of the offshoots that we're seeing of, of, a pandemic that is not a good thing. Um, and and I do think that that's being echoed.
0: That's a good point. You know, in terms of, I remember the first time I went to the grocery store and wasn't wearing a mask. Felt weird. Yeah. Uh, you know, it felt like I, it felt, you know, like I was doing something wrong. It didn't, it didn't, wasn't comfortable. The first time, you know, going downtown, you know, after you hadn't for a while, it just feels different. So that feeling of just getting used to being around people in a way maybe is contributing to that, which makes sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, it felt weird when uh, we drove down the street during the pandemic and it was completely empty, like uh, Armageddon had happened. And uh, I think it did feel uh, strange to us when uh, when the pandemic came to an end and, and we all started to go about our regular day lives. But I do think that uh, we see here in London and in communities across Ontario and Canada um, a a difference. And there is more poverty. I I would say that there are more people that are uh, living rough. And I think, um, you know, societies are judged by the way that we treat our most vulnerable people. Right now, when I walk downtown, I think uh, we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, if we were to survey people living rough like that, uh, there'd be a heightened uh, level of insecurity as well. It it seems like a very uh, different kind of uh, situation than we remember pre-pandemic. And if you talk to the police, uh, I think they'll say the same thing. I mean, nine shootings uh, in just a few short months here in London. That's unheard of. A couple of officers. Thank goodness they're okay. Okay. Uh, were involved in a in a shooting uh, earlier this year as well. Uh, things are changing, and um, uh, something I think something needs to happen that's that's different than what's happening today.
0: Well, the municipal and city governments were given a pass, uh, and city police were given a passing grade in the poll. People not as uh, big of fans of the province and the feds, which kind of speaks to the whole bail reform discussion we've been having as of late. And um, I wonder maybe some new, the news stories are affecting people, but also I mean we have had you know. Uh, a lot of police officers and this, who have died in the past six months in this country, not just in Ontario, outside of the province as well. And, and I think that clearly is top of mind for a lot of people.
1: And I think that echoes part of the problem is this isn't as much in in some ways a municipal problem as it is as a provincial and federal problem. Um, fully understanding that, you know, when they um, – I understand why the feds did what they did, but I do think that there's time to have a visit back there. I think that we could all agree that there are people that are on our streets right now that shouldn't be on there. They may be not – they're maybe not to a point where they should be incarcerated, but we need facilities where they can be, where number one, they can be safe. But I think, too, it's important that society is safe. I think that's a key.
2: Everyone deserves to be safe. Correct. Every single person. It's really interesting. You mentioned that police and municipalities are – they're seen to be doing a great job in the survey. Uh, And then you have eight out of ten – uh, people involved in the survey saying that uh, the province, the federal government need to step up, and 8 out of 10 people saying that uh, mental health uh, resources uh, need to be brought forward you know, yeah. by those two governments. And uh, like I say, when you get a survey uh, that's 8 out of ten, eight out of 10 people walking in the same direction, something to really pay attention to.
0: I wonder what role social media plays and how safe people feel or don't feel, just from the standpoint of... You see sometimes the story on Twitter, on Facebook, you might see it on Instagram, maybe you have friends who share it, it's commented, the algorithm puts it back up to the page because it's getting a lot of attention. And so it doesn't mean as though, you know, these things are not happening, but you see it more often, you see it more in your feeds, they're curated for you, and that can heighten the feeling of feeling maybe unsafe.
1: I would agree. And And I think part of that is the repetition of it, right? You know what? I think one of the things when you read this survey, I think if you survey survey me enough times, sooner or later, I'm going to tell you I feel unsafe. You keep asking me, I'm going to tell you sooner. I'm going to hit that point. But when you look at these over and over again, I think what it does is, and I'll I'll use downtown as a prime example. We've all been to events where people say, I don't go downtown anymore because it's not safe. Events like this reaffirms their position. And that's what we don't want at the end of the day. I walk through the downtown every morning. I find the downtown safe and it doesn't bother me. But these, to me, that social media, what it does is it just reaffirms people and digs them in deeper to, I told you I was right.
2: Yeah. At first it was, if you think back 20 years ago, it was 24 hour news networks and uh, there would be something that would, a violent crime would occur somewhere in the US and you wouldn't hear about it just at six o'clock at night. You'd hear about it at six and seven and eight and throughout the entire day. Uh, So it amplified uh, a single crime, but maybe made it feel like it was bigger. And and social media is probably that leveled up by a factor of 10 or even 100. Uh, And the algorithms, as you point out, Devin, uh, bring forward the things that um, make us click uh, to look at whatever it is that, that they want us to look at. So we do have to be conscious of that as well.
0: We continue on with the morning panel uh, joined uh, this week by or today uh, by former city councillor John Fife Miller and former uh, mayor uh, Matt Brown. Uh, I want to shift the focus from uh, crime to maybe something that make people want to do violent crime when they hear it. Because people get very passionate, very angry with this, which is uh, leaf blowers. There was a very minor update at a city committee yesterday. Uh, There is a report in the works uh, at London City Hall about what to do about uh, gas-powered leaf blowers, Uh, but it's not just leaf blowers. I look at the City of uh, Ottawa. They are using electric lawn and yard equipment now. Uh, That started last summer. This was after the National Capital Commission announced a ban on the use of gas-powered leaf blowers, line trimmers, hedge trimmers, small chainsaws as well that started April 1st of this year. So um, should we be banning leaf blowers in London that are gas-powered? gas, gas powered? Okay. So so I think that
1: sort of tubs this off. Is it gas-powered? Is it leaf blower? Because I can tell you in Ward 13 when we started to have this conversation, it wasn't as much about the gas power. It was about the noise of the leaf blower, which when you're using an electric one is just as noisy. Yes, it is. And it's about the courtesy of what time it's being used at during the day. And that was a big thing here, you know, that people are out blowing leaves at seven thirty in the morning. And again, going back to our original conversation of people working at home, now all of a sudden I'm working from home and I've got somebody blowing leaves. So I think there are two conversations here. But I found a lot of this conversation was
0: around the noise and the courtesy of using it. There is quite a bit of pollution that can come from the gas. Yeah. I was reading last year. It kind of surprised me, and the the noise, like in terms of how loud it truly is, uh, also loud. I will be, I'll, Before I turn over to Matt, I will say I do have a leaf blower. I was considering using it yesterday. I was, it's got a mulcher as well, uh, which is what I, I like about it. I didn't because I was too lazy, but I'm probably going to do it today. I also, for my uh, 20th anniversary, of course, uh, they gave me a gift, which was I got to pick it. It was a... Uh, a power washer, which I have not used yet, but I also plan on using. So, But it's, it's also not gas-powered, but it, I'm sure, is extremely
2: loud. So, well, yeah, and make sure you protect your hearing. David. Yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> huh? I'm in radio. I don't have any hearing. Yeah, I think there are, you know, a couple of conversations here. You know, one is noise pollution. Yeah. Uh, the other is uh, greenhouse gas emission. And these types of engines, I understand, are 20 times uh, more polluting than, uh, say, a vehicle with a catalytic converter. Uh, so that, that's important. But I got to tell you, when I saw uh, the question uh, come forward, I thought, oh my gosh, is this ban leaf blowers? Because anytime I see a municipality thinking about banning something, I shudder, right? I think about uh, banning garburetors uh, or um, it's very difficult to do. Uh, this is going to happen over time. I think you're going to see people move from fossil fuel designed uh, equipment to battery powered equipment at home. I have a very small lawn. I have a battery powered lawnmower and a Battery-powered weed whacker. City has 440 parks, countless boulevards. I don't know if the technology is actually there yet. Sounds like Ottawa is onto something, and you can bet that city staff, once they see they can move in in the direction of uh, a, a renewable uh, energy, uh, they're going to come forward with with reports to do exactly that. What you do about the noise? I think John's bang on. It's about uh, you know time and place, you know, and uh, what's appropriate. Uh, if we got into banning these things for Private sector businesses—that's an entirely different discussion.
0: Well, the respect thing is true. Like, if you're cutting your grass at seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday, uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to have problems.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say out of all three of us, you're the only one that, when you're getting up to come to work in the morning, you're not worried about any of that stuff. <laughs> but,
2: but, Midday for Devin, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: But I think Matt hit hit the nail on the head too. Over time, I think this will just change itself. Um, one of the things we found and. Uh, Uh, Miriam Hamu and I, when we looked last year, we looked a lot and had conversations with a lot of the larger landscaping companies who had already changed over and or when their products were coming up, were changing over to electric. And I think you're just going to see that will there be availability in the future for a gas-powered leaf blower? Matt, I think, hit the nail on the head. Probably not. I think it's going to be electric.
2: It's important for us to be on the cutting edge of technology. Uh, you never want to be on the bleeding edge yes. of technology, yes. if you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: The the noise is, I guess, something, I don't know, like, I, I, can you ban, I, I, I guess you, you you could in one sense, but to not have, I mean, I don't know if people have raked the lawn and then used the leaf blower, but it's way easier with the leaf blower, <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes I feel like people want to ban, like, I'm the guy that that rakes the leaves, okay, so it's, it's much easier, but can we, or should we even have, I mean, is electric kind of the way to go, or battery-powered?
2: Well, I think when, when you move into uh, banning anything in a municipality, then comes enforcement, which is highly problematic. Yeah. Uh, I think being a good neighbor is the best strategy. Uh, certainly there are already noise bylaws in place that account for things like this. That's great. Uh, and then also just recognizing, you know, knowing your neighbors. You know, who works nights, uh, who works days, and when's an appropriate time to do this. It, I know personally if I hear a lawnmower or a leaf blower or uh, loud music uh, at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. Not really a happy camper. And uh, so I think that's what it comes down to is just uh, recognizing that we live in a community and and, uh, noise can be annoying and there's an appropriate time and place for everything. Agreed.
0: 100%. One of the reasons I like this and we're almost out of time is it's one of those quintessential municipal issues. You know, St. Thomas was just talking about backyard chickens. We don't need to get into that. But I mean, <laughs> that, that whole came about because a resident wrote the city and they wanted it discussed and they discussed it. You know, we've that's happened here in London. We haven't gone backyard chickens. I don't want backyard chickens personally. But it's, these are those quintessential municipal issues that people care about and want discussed and, and heard.
1: Absolutely, and, and I can tell you the backyard chicken story did come up this year when we went door-to-door in one oh, area. Really? I had one person who said, you know what, I'd really like to have backyard chickens. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, and
2: councils need to stay focused, and that's it. You, they, they don't want to major in the minors, and I think that that's a really important thing to keep in mind, too.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to, to end the segment. Appreciate you both coming in today.